0: Welcome to the Inside Data Centre podcast. I'm Andy Davis, and in this podcast, I will interview the people working in the data centre sector and tell their stories. If you are working in the DC sector or you are looking to work in the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to the Inside Data Centre podcast. Today, I'm joined by Luke Kipfer, Vice President of Data Centre Development and Construction at Powerhouse Data Centres. Good morning, Luke.
1: Hey, good morning, Andy. Happy to be here.
0: Thanks for coming on. Um, Like I was saying offline, I've... I've read quite a lot about powerhouse data centers looking forward to hearing it from yourself and sharing that with the listeners i know you've got some exciting plans uh over there in the us before we start do you just want to give everyone a quick introduction of who you are and what your role is at powerhouse
1: yeah yeah so I'm, I'm vice president uh data center development and construction so um you know really leading the charge with um deploying powerhouse to the market uh we're, we're kind of the the new kid on the block. So, um, you know, leading, helping out on our acquisitions and then all of our development and construction throughout the brand.
0: Which keeps you busy, I'm sure, as we'll go into.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Well, I always like to start is just to go back to the beginning of your career. It, It helps paint a picture of kind of how you got to where you are today. And that's one of the key messages we're trying to share with the listeners is that there's a lot of avenues into this sector. So how did you start your career and how did you end up in the world of data centers?
1: Yeah, you know, this is one of my my favorite questions that you ask, just because there is such a a diverse range of responses. Um, You know, nobody really grows up saying that I want to build data centers. (laughs) Um, So, you know, for for me, I I started in the trades, um, you know, right out of high school, 17 years old. I went working for a a mechanical contractor. Um, So I was I was lucky in the fact that we did do not solely mission critical, but we did do mission critical work. Um, you know, we, we managed a, a large telco as well as, you know, some larger data rooms uh, and then a lot of commercial industrial HVAC. So, you know, big chillers, boilers, cooling systems, um, you know, was, was really as a kid, I always liked taking things apart and working on things. And um, so, you know, going into mechanical contracting was was really something that that scratched that itch for me and provided a lot of a lot of satisfaction. Um, you know, ultimately, the the organization that I was with started to shift a little away from the larger industrial HVAC and um, the mission critical towards more of a commercial model, which which I wasn't interested in. Uh, and the, the mission critical aspect was always very interesting to me, you know, especially because of the, the criticality involved in it. Um, so I ended up uh, leaving that, going to work for Markley Group uh, out of Boston. Markley's the, you know, the carrier hotel of the New England region, uh, does a lot of retail co-location, um, so I started there, there in operations, especially considering my, uh, my background in mechanical contracting and, um, you know, with, with chillers and crack units and that type of technology, uh, was in operations for about a year and then ended up moving over to, um, operations or, um, construction and design. Uh, so I was doing uh, construction and design there for, for 10 plus years, uh, ended up leaving there in, in 2021, spent some time with, um, a great organization called direct line. Uh, they do, um, you know structured cabling fit out. So it was um, a big change for me moving from a retail colo to uh doing almost exclusively hyperscale build outs um you know and then I ended up uh, joining powerhouse last year and really uh, helping them out with the, the deployment of um you know some of the facilities we're building now.
0: Yeah it's an interesting journey as well because like you said you touched on you from the trades back when you know, you started on the trades, which again is something that we probably don't shout about enough as a sector that you can make your way from trades up in your career to to where you are now so i think that's a you know a great point to highlight for everyone
1: yeah no you know it provides a little little unique perspective you know especially Walking through job sites now, um, you know, walking through with with the clean boots and the clean hard hat, and you know, looking at the construction, and you know, really, you know, you know, really live the other side of it too, right? You know, um, so it really provides a great perspective, um, especially as we're building so quickly, to understand some of the constraints involved in uh, construction in our industry.
0: Yeah, definitely, and a great a great message as well for any you know, younger people that are moving into the, the trade sector that they can, you know, progress and, like you say, get that understanding of the the whole holistic project from from that perspective. So yeah, definitely a a good point. And that brings us on obviously to Powerhouse where you've you've got a lot of construction going on at at the moment. So do you just want to start with, do you want to share an overview of kind of who Powerhouse data centers are and and what your mission is?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Powerhouse is the the technical real estate arm of AREP, American Real Estate Partners. Uh, AREP's been a developer for over 20 years, you know, over 20 billion in acquisitions, uh, 200 million square feet. So long history in in developing, uh, primarily in the East Coast, but, you know, across the nation. Um, In late, you know, in 2020, there there was a push within AREP to move towards uh, more data center, technical assets. Um, So in 2020, started purchasing some really key strategic land sites in Northern Virginia. Um, you know, we, we took down three uh, big properties right, you know, in the core of data center and alley um, in 2021. Launched the official powerhouse brand. Um, so right now, we've got you know over 600 megawatts of data center deployment and development or construction. Uh, it's about 2.1 million square feet. Um, you know, and we're we're actively looking at other markets now for you know potential of another 600 plus megawatts. Uh, where our key really is is um, you know doing powered shells and and full turnkey solutions. Um, so ultimately, we're we're not an operator. Um, we, we we get the land. We we do the entitlements, the zoning, site planning process. We do the utility coordination and then initial construction. Uh, you know, and then lease that campus or that building off to a, a major operator or hyperscaler.
0: And you you made the decision to enter probably the most competitive market as your first sort of entry to the market why was yeah, that decision yep. made to go straight in at the deep end?
1: Yeah no I mean that, that was one of um it, it's the, the, there's several other new entrants to the market right uh, so we we wanted to make sure we had a differentiator to show that you know we were one we were we were serious and that you know we're, we're ready to play with with the bigger operators in the market. so um, it was definitely a conscious decision to go into the Northern Virginia market, the Ashburn market. Um, you know to, to really show to make, make a splash frankly um to show that you know we we're, we're here we're, we're serious about our our commitment to data center development uh, and that we' that we're able to compete in in the could be the most constrained data center market in the world.
0: and another point on that, I guess about you know being serious and you know, wanting to make an impact is your leadership team as well. and I know that you've you've put together what is quite a considerably experienced leadership team again what why was that important and what does that bring to your organization?
1: You know that's really the leadership team here is a is reason that I joined Powerhouse. Um, you know, being in the in the industry for so long, um, you know, one of the I'd say the skills I've been able to develop is you know really to understand the people that you want to work with and, and the people that have um, you know that that almost intangible uh, aspect to be able to get things done. Um, and that, that's really what defines the, the powerhouse leadership team. So we've got one branch, um, you know, really shared with with a rep that has this this 20 plus years of development experience that understands the market, understands acquisitions, understands, um, you know, the, the pillars of getting these large real estate deals done. Uh, and then we also have, you know, team members with a lot of technical expertise that that understand the data center market uh, and really what we need to bring to be able to be competitive in that market
0: and yeah, and I guess that's one of your differentiators as well when we look at like you say it is a very competitive market and it's it's hard to stand out Let's you know let's be realistic and obviously you've got that experience and and, and the support that you've got from the investment side of it as well but what else is there that makes you different from the other developers in in the region
1: you know um what, one of that biggest differentiators um is really our 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 speed to market um you know that that experience as developers and understanding the market, um, you know, we're, we're able to bring some of the, and you know, back to being in Ashburn some of the, some of the key most strategic sites um, that we understand that the hyperscalers that these operators are looking for, we're able to get them to market faster. So, um, you know, it's, we, we actually had a, a conversation with the hyperscale team earlier this week and um you know they they said hey we, we we've got the money right money's not our problem um you know we've got technical resources we've got the demand um the one thing we can't buy is time um and ultimately that that's what that's what powerhouse is providing um we're letting the hyperscalers buy time we're we're putting the um you know the effort in, in the front end we're putting the capital in at the front end um we're we're getting all these long lead items such as Zoning, such as getting utility power, building substations, you know, corn shell construction, we're, we're getting ahead of all that. So when they all of a sudden say, hey, I, I need all this compute up in nine months, you know, we've got the solution to those problems. So that, that's really the problem that we're solving for. And that's really what we're offering the market is um, to be able to, to deploy that compute capacity when they need to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, because I was going to ask that because supply chain is obviously one of the key challenges that comes up in a lot of my discussions. It's you know like we just don't have access to the supply quick enough in order to build. So I was going to say like how are you managing that challenge to ensure you can build at that speed?
1: Yeah, you know that that's really um, I, I I'd like to to take the credit for handling that, but it's really partnering with with some great organizations, right? Uh, you know, partnering with um, you know different different groups within the industry that are um, understand the supply chain that and um, have unique project delivery methods um, to say, hey, we're, we're not designing a full project and then sending out pre-purchase specs to build and then hey, we're, we're getting pre-purchase specs in the beginning. We're buying production slots. We're thinking of, of unique ways to be able to deploy this equipment. Uh, we're looking at alternate manufacturers, alternate designs. Um, so it, it's really, you know, using some of the partners within this industry that that are great, right? I mean, there's some amazing trade partners um, from the GC level to the design teams to the subcontractors. Um, so it, it's really um, being able to leverage their expertise, their buying power, uh, to make sure we're delivering the best the best uh, product for our clients.
0: Yeah, and I guess that ties in as well to the technology because I know you're quite big on sort of. Evolving the way data centers are designed and constructed, and I guess that use of technology is another way that you can get yourself ahead of the game from a, a speed perspective and, and also other angles.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and you know, it, it's um, you know, when when you look at the top three, four, five design teams, construction teams, um, th- those are all our partners in the industry. So you know, especially deploying a product for hyperscale users. Um, you know, it, it makes sense for us to use the same designers and builders that they're using on their own projects as well, too. So um, we, we get a good understanding of what these projects need to look like, um, you know, how they need to be built, what kind of technology, not only that they're using today, but what kind of technology solutions are exploring for three years, five years, 10 down the road, 10 years down the road. So to say, hey, we, we've got this this core and shell that, that can accommodate today's design, but we're also see that you know you're you're pivoting in three yards towards this technology or this technology or this technology. So be, being able to incorporate that flexibility in the design is is one of the main reasons that we're using um, you know the, the same major teams that, that all these hyperscalers are using as well too. Yeah,
0: makes total sense. And, and the other big challenge that comes up is land access to land <laughs> access to access to land access to power. You know, it's if we had it, we could build. So that must have also been difficult for you obviously you, you mentioned you entered virginia and obviously you're looking at other territories as well so how are you identifying don't tell us the secrets but how are you identifying <laughs> that that land that's in the right place that, that the customers <laughs> are looking for
1: uh it, it, it's um uh honestly it, it, it's a lot of hard work right um the the um acquisition site selection side as you know historically in my career isn't something i had a lot of experience with um and as i as i gain more time here with uh, powerhouse and AREP and um seeing our acquisition team you know in work um th- there's a lot that goes on um, you know it's between the zoning site plans there's proffers there's wetlands um there's a power there's a fiber i mean th- there's a lot of different keys that have to play into this so um what we're able to do here is is to build a very good Structure for what we're looking for that we can um, you know identify or we can uh, rule out sites very quickly um, and then on top of that you know we, we work with um, we we obviously try and find the best off market deals that we can but we work with some of the best brokers in the industry um, so you know we're we're not necessarily going for the same pieces of real estate that you know have been on the market for three months you know we're we're looking to get real estate before before it goes you know, it uh, it's a market. So, you know, really putting the work in to do that, to identify the sites um, is is by far the, the key differentiator that, that we've got the ability to do that in-house
0: here. Yeah, which is a big, as you say, a big plus. And obviously the type of customers that, you know, you're talking about that, that you're, you know, looking to develop for a very big on sustainability now, one of their main drivers is whether it's net zero or carbon neutral, everything around that that topic is what comes out of their marketing all the time. And I know you recently joined the Infrastructure Masons uh, Climate Accord, which obviously was an important point for you. So just wanted to quickly discuss that. You know, why was it important for you to join join that program?
1: Yeah, so I mean, it, um, you know, I, I've been an iMasons member um, when iMasons launched the Climate Accord. Um, it, it really... Um, Struck, struck a note with with me and with Powerhouse that sustainability was something that we always had as, as really one of our, our pillars moving forward. Um, you know, one of the, the iMasons, Climate Accord, one of their um, key factors is that, you know, these hyperscalers drive the market behavior. Um, so obviously, if if we're looking to compete and we're looking to sell a product, a product to the hyperscalers, you know, we have to align what we're delivering with what they're looking for. And they're looking for sustainable data center deployments. A lot of these, um, you know, hyperscale major operators have have made um, very aggressive commitments towards carbon neutrality, uh, towards reducing their footprint. Um, And by teaming with us that that we're aligning our builds, aligning our construction, aligning our design to meet that, um, you know, we're, we're really able to give them a product that they can they can really they can manage their scope three. They can manage a lot of um, aspects with sustainability uh, when it's coming into a product. Um, you know they they know what they're getting from us, and they know that sustainability, whether it's from design, whether it's how we bid out our DCS, whether it's um, you know requiring a sustainability plan from our subcontractors um, that that we we're, we're aligned in the same goals that they are as our, our end user.
0: I was chatting to someone this week and I, I was talking about this topic to them. And are you now finding that those type of customers are coming to you with that in mind when they're saying, well, we want to build a data center or we, we want to acquire a data center, but we, it has to meet these standards regarding sustainability?
1: Yeah, th- you know, that's one of the great things that the the iMasons climate accord is doing is really standardizing, right? Um, you know, going through, you know, having a common methodology for common carbon accounting. So um, you know, uh, several of the big hyperscalers have different ways they look at it for different, you know, metrics they use. Um, the same thing with design teams and, and how GCs manage sustainability. So um, the one thing that that IMasons was able to do so well is to bring together the biggest hyperscalers, um, so we can, you know, we can we can sit at a table with these guys and say, hey, what what are you looking for? What what should we be tracking? Right? What's what's important to you, and how do you want to see it tracked? So that, that was one of the, the huge advantages that, that iMason's Climate Accord is, is doing and putting together um, to really get the industry aligned on what we should be tracking and how we should be tracking it. Um, and you know, then we can we can measure really our industry impact as a whole, but make sure that that developers, um, operators, um, builders are, are aligning with what those hyperscaler requirements are as well too.
0: Yeah, because obviously without standardization. We can all say we're the most sustainable in a certain <laughs> yeah. aspect, but unless everyone's working to the same standards, it sounds crazy, but it's true, isn't it? But yeah, unless yeah, everyone's absolutely. working to that set standard, you know, there's not a you can't compare yourself to to anybody else if you're measuring it in your own way.
1: Yeah, and really, you know, us pushing this forward, um, you know, it, it's improving the, the self regulation of the data center industry um, because if we don't do it, the the I know it's happening in Europe. It's moving the same way in the U.S. But the government's going to do it for us. So you know, by by us really taking control of our own destiny here, really implementing our own self-regulation, um, ultimately we're, we're going to come out with a better product in the end.
0: Yeah, exactly. Very true. And moving away from powers now, if you are going to more sort of sector questions, just about what's happening in the in the industry at the moment, as crazy as it is. 2023. We're towards the end of January now. What do you think are the main challenges the sector faces this year? You
1: know, it's it, it's funny. I um, it, it's not funny, but I, I've been hearing a lot of, of different issues, different challenges, and to me, they they all boil down to the skills shortage in the industry, right? Um, we sure we've got sustainability problems. We we've, we've got density problems. Um, we've got power problems. Uh, but, I mean, all these issues can be solved by having the right intelligent people with, you know, within your organization, within your industry. So, you know, I, I really think the skill shortage is is going to be impactful in terms of our growth. Um, you know, working, you know, I, I work for electrical subcontractors, mechanical subcontractors on the owner side, um, you know, really seeing how impactful that is to the industry. Um, that, that That's what, what I think is, is going to be our biggest challenge this year. Uh, we've got a lot of people that have been great minds in the industry that are are coming up on retirement soon um so it's really being able to bring in the next generation of um you know data center builders data center designers data center operators um especially as we, we move towards sustainability goals right like these these goals require bandwidth I mean if we're trying to figure ways to transition off of fossil fuels if we're we're designing new cooling methods if we're um you know trying to get you know efficiencies within power, um, delivery uh it's hard to do those when you're so busy running around just trying to meet you know your basic needs right um so really you know making sure that our our industry is staffed with with the the right people uh by far i think is going to be our our biggest challenge moving
0: forward yeah it's definitely a challenge and obviously my my day job is data center recruitment so it's something I, i talk about quite a lot and it is one of those conversations you have with a lot of, whether it's an operator, or a GC, or you know, whatever part of the supply chain. About we would do more if we had more people. Is, is the kind of common common response. You know, we could do that if we had more people. And yeah, it's it's a number of different factors. In it. There's obviously that flow of people coming into the sector. You know, we need to shout more about what we do, which is why I started the podcast in the first place. But there's that flow. But then there's also that looking at people from other sectors to bring in that fresh mindset, you know, that innovation, the the sustainability, et cetera. Like bring them in from other areas, open the doors a little bit and bring those people in to help us develop.
1: Yeah, you know, and actually I, I think that that's one of the areas um the hyperschool hyperscalers do it better than anybody else. Um, you know, we'll we'll sit down in a meeting with a project team from hyperscaler. And you know, we, we there might be five people at the table, and all together they have two years of data center experience, right? They they do a very good job of of because they need the growth, they need the people. But um, you know, identifying the 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 best and the brightest from other industries and bringing them in, whereas you know, I, I think some of the operators, some of the um, you know construction teams, they they're, they put a, a higher value on experience within the industry, um, which which makes it a, a tougher for new people to break in the industry. So. Um, yeah I, I i think there there's definitely improvements to be made in, in how we view um you know candidates and and how we bring new person personnel into the industry
0: yeah definitely 100 I could talk about it all day but it's a recruit for attributes not for experience is what I always say and you know happy to chat to anyone about about that for, for as long as they want um, <laughs> have you got any any predictions or forecasts for for the sector in 2023 uh you know i i, I think
1: it, it's um Certainly, we're we're going to have the personnel shortage. Um, you know what what we're seeing here in, in Northern Virginia and some other areas of the country. Our are, are community relations um, data centers get bigger. We're taking up more land. We're taking up more power. Um, you know, we're, we're we're talking to people that you know, 300 megawatt campuses are small now, right? I mean, it's it's crazy. So you know, our our we might have been flying under the radar as an industry for a while, and that that time has passed, right? So I, we really need to make sure that we're focused on, um, you know, sustainable development, that we're focusing on what our image is to the world as we're, we're you know, the power usage is increasing exponentially as our land usage. Um, you know, we, we've got hyperscalers taking down 800, 1,000, 1,200 acre sites or bigger, you know, um, so that, that that's really going to start to raise the public awareness on data centers, um, how, how we're building, how we're deploying. Um, which ultimately, I think, is good, uh, but it, we, it needs to be done in the right light to show people that you know we're here meeting a need, and that you know we're willing to you know work with the communities and um, you know work work with people to to meet that need responsibly.
0: Yeah, definitely. I always say it's important that we take in the message to the community that it's not the media is not taking a message to the community, and then we're responding. What's important is that the sector as a whole is taking our message to these communities prior to the media getting involved and saying we're you know it's a power hungry facility etc etc if we can sell it in the right way and explain what it is and why it's so important then hopefully we'll get the buy-in from the from the communities
1: yeah yeah absolutely absolutely
0: last couple of questions before i let you crack on with your day if you could ask everyone in the data center sector to start or stop doing one thing what would it be
1: you know, that's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I, I try to be optimistic and on the positive side. So I'm, I'm not going to go out and tell anyone to stop doing anything they're doing. <laughs> um, you know, the, the one thing I say would be um, better for people that, to start doing is, uh, you know, tying back to the skill shortages, um, just, just to um, start increasing um, awareness about the data center sector, about, um, you know, the opportunities here. Uh, you know, and really start talking to people about um, I, I talk to people about data centers more than they probably want to listen to me talk about data centers. Um, but I mean, it, it's just there, there's so many great opportunities. It, it's such a growing market. Um, so, you know, really getting the the word out there um, and, and sharing. I mean, there's some some amazing organizations. There's great cultures. Um, you know, you can you can get a lot of remote job. I mean, a lot of what people are looking for, um, we're we're so hungry for in the data center market. And people just don't, you know, open up LinkedIn or Monster and type in a data center, you know. Um, so I, I think that it just really raising the awareness of um, you know, what what a great industry. Um, you know, I, I go to a lot of you know trade shows, industry events, and it's um, it, it's welcoming people. I mean, I've never had anyone that that hasn't wanted to stop and explain something to me. Um, so you know, real raising that awareness about the industry that we have and that culture. Um, I, I would love to see more people go out of their way to, to try and
0: do that. Yeah, well said. I couldn't agree more. Final question. If you could give one piece of advice to those looking to work in the sector, what would it be? You
1: know, it, it's it, it, it's such a great industry because there's so many sub-verticals, right? Um, you can go into real estate data centers and you can go into finance and you go into ops and you can go into instruction, you go into recruiting, you can go into coding. You know, there's just, there's so many different of the, these sub-verticals that, um, you know, there, there's, there's going to be a job in the data center industry for almost anyone. Um, so, you know, a piece of advice, I mean, to, to really start getting involved, you know, I mean, in the DC area, you um, Seven by Twenty Four does a great job. Afcom, there, there's DC Connects. I mean, a lot of a lot of local regional areas have events like this. Um, just start reaching out and talking to people. You know, you can go to these events with most of them are no cost, especially to you know uh, people that are new to the industry or you know looking to get in the industry. Um, but you know, tying tying back to the, the culture of the industry um you I mean reach out to me reach out to people you know I, I've never reached out to someone and gotten a cold shoulder in terms of hey I, I've got a friend he's looking to break in the industry this is his background do you think you have a fit for him uh most people email back like yeah we've got 45 old you know um so it, it, it's really just um same, same thing with the people in the industry you know start getting involved um start talking about this and it, it's it's really a problem we're we're not going to solve unless we're having an open conversation about it
0: yeah, great advice. And again, it's a point I raised quite a lot that I totally agree with you about. The, the industry is full of great people that want to help each other and help others. And genuinely, if you do reach out to someone, they will come back to you. And there's not many industries, I don't think, that have that collaboration where even if they can't help, you'll get referred to somebody else who will be able to help you. Because although it's growing at such an exponential pace, it's still a very close-knit sector where everyone, everyone knows each other and everyone's willing to help each other for the right reasons. So it's a Great place to be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, I, t- I totally agree.
0: Thanks for your Luke. Really enjoyed that chat. Obviously, great to learn more about Powerhouse. You've got a lot going on. Exciting company to watch over the next you know, few years, no doubt. And and obviously, if, if anyone's got any questions, I'm sure you're happy for them to reach out to you directly.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, powerhousedata.com. Um, feel free to, to reach out. My contact info is on there or uh, connect to me on LinkedIn. But yeah, happy to, to help anyone within the industry. So.
0: Excellent. Thanks for the time today. As I say, really enjoyed that chat, and we'll catch up again soon.
1: Thanks, Andy. Have a great day. Thanks, Luke. Bye.